What's up, Ryan? How are you? Uh, I'm actually I'm picking up the kids right now from school. Okay. I'm going to be walking over there in a second. But there's a few things that I don't remember. So it's a whiskey burger. How's the whiskey involved in it? So it's like you kind of like deglaze the pan with it. And then the mushrooms involvement? With the ground beef. So it's like you pulverize the mushrooms like in a spice grinder or even like a blender or whatever. And then uh, to that, we add those a couple of things that you pointed out the other day. And lightly to that. And of course, just, just a back note to it. And then uh, garlic. Around 2008, I noticed that cheeseburgers, once relegated to fast food chains, corporate casual chain restaurants, and kids' menus, started appearing on the menus of chef-driven independent restaurants, eventually being featured on the menus of most fine dining restaurants. Stories from California Cattle Country is a customer-facing podcast telling the stories of ranches and dairies and wherever their products land, whether it's a stick of butter, a gallon of milk, a New York steak, or a cheeseburger. In 2008, I ventured from the suburbs of Sacramento into the heart of the city to try a cheeseburger at Formoli's Bistro. In this episode, I speak with restaurant owner and chef Emil Formoli about his iconic whiskey burger, its impact on their operations, and why a simple sandwich, one he never intended to put on the menu, became the menu item he became the best known for. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. Yes, technically, I went to school in San Francisco at the CCA in 2002, and from there, I've kind of been in various places, and then in 2008, I had the opportunity to open my own place, which kind of became a staple of a small neighborhood here in East Sacramento. From there, it was like, you know, cool thing was, is we got to do what we wanted to do, and we made it as casual or as fine dining as we wanted, and I think the burger played like a huge role in that. Now, I actually... We invested into an events facility. We partnered up with a great, great person who's kind of already built the space out, and we just do events. When I came back to, I moved back here, a lot of this has to kind of go through my lens of burgers, too, so sure. there's going to be a lot of pronouns and stuff, so I apologize like in advance. Ann and I moved back from Los Angeles. We didn't have any money, and we really, when we were in Los Angeles, we didn't really have any disposable income to go out to uh, restaurants and things like that. I came back. I remember, I don't know if it was like a Sack B review or something like that, but my parents came to me, and they were like, oh, you should go to this bistro because they have a really good burger. Let's like, and I was into burgers at the time, so we did. Was your intent to have, I mean, it is a bistro, so did you always go in with the intention of having a burger on the yeah. menu? No, like not at all. <laughs> so I, uh, everything I did formally was in San Francisco, and so I was kind of like came accustomed to the style out there. And at the time, like fine dining was a bigger thing or it was kind of into play where I would go into like the casual kind of sense of dining. And so when we opened the restaurant, and, and my wife, I mean, Ryan knows this, but my wife was involved heavily in the restaurant. She was the other half. I gave her my menu, and she looked at it for seriously maybe 30 seconds and then handed it back and said, you have to redo this whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, that's why I opened a restaurant. I'm doing this. She's like, yeah, if you want to, like, eat by yourself every day in this restaurant, close the doors in, like, two months, go ahead. I got mad and like, I literally went in the back and like, I put, put this new menu together, made it more casual. And then she comes, I hand it to her again. I'm like, all right, what do you think? And she's like, no, it needs a burger. You have to have a burger on here. I'm like, I'm not doing, there's no way. And she was just like, you're going to do it. <laughs> so I threw a fit. I threw an absolute fit. And one of my friends the day before, I brought a bottle of Gentleman Jack 
like a big bottle of Gentleman Jack and said, it was like, hey, congratulations kind of thing. And so I, the first thing I do is I grab that, I, I drink some of that. And I was like, you know what? You want a gimmicky thing? Fine. I'm going to make a whiskey burger. And I literally like, as I'm standing there, we're just like still, you know, semi like finishing up paperwork for construction and everything else to be done and for us to get our permits. I put this thing together and I cooked it and I gave it to her and I was like, there you go. And she's like, I think we're going to make it. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to work. And I was pissed the whole time. Like I did not want to do it because at the time, again, it was just like, it maybe it didn't measure who you are as a chef. It's just a burger who cares kind of thing. But I think that whole thing now looking back at it changed what I, I would have had a different mindset at this point. I would start off with something like that, something simple for people to understand and people to want to come to. And then from there, like it just, people just come and try what you have. I'm the one I went and grabbed the stuff. I got your recipe and then did a probably terrible job putting everything together from going to your restaurant. I kind of remember that the menu read that it was, it was a very basic kind of burger, right? The menu was like, it was, there's like greens, there's cheese, that there's, that's it. And an aioli. Right. But then when you were, you know, you were breaking down some of the ingredients in there, there's some stuff in there that's you kind wouldn't of, even know. No, that's you of, don't yeah. know. Can you speak to like specifically what goes into the patty? Sure. I, I mean, it's uh, one of the things is like what do you have your fat content was just like 80, 20 is mainly what everybody uses. We did like an 81, 19 and I still found that like I didn't find it fatty enough in the proper way for it to sear because I we didn't we didn't use a flat top the traditional way, maybe grill or whatever it was. We just did it in a pan. And so for that, I always wanted the burger to come out, kind of have like the cook like a steak, basically, if that makes sense. So it needed something to be, the binder needed to be completely different. With that, I pulverized mushrooms and then we added a little bit of cream because it basically, they kind of, the, the dried mushrooms kind of bloom and exude a little bit of water into it. And so it kind of puffs up a little bit and it does exactly what we wanted it to do with the patty. So the thought was simple on what go on the elements of it and then put every thought and effort into the actual patty. So that's how, and like our burger really compared to a bunch of other places was just, just, it was just meat, cheese and bun. I didn't know why it was so special, but there's one thing that actually really surprised me. A thing that we did with our restaurant is we put, you know, we did uh, the burger battle burger that we did was just a, is basically a fast food burger. It was like mm-hmm. uh, in and out double, double basically with mortadella on it. Like that was it. But there was one other thing that and it was this is all Mike's thinking. There's something that came from him. Can you speak to because you use um, a couple spices in there that you would never even think about adding to a burger or in yeah. my mind? Yeah. So there's a couple and for it to be meaningful still, I guess I won't say exactly what it is. One of them is like kind of obscure because it has such a huge kind of like on the palate. It has such a huge sensation. But when you kind of like mix it in with the mushroom powder and the other ingredients, minced garlic and the cream, it kind of mellows out. But it gives it this unique flavor and almost that sensation of like umami, if you were. If yeah, sorry. You're fine. And um, so it kind of does this really cool thing and it just makes it different. The whole, the great thing about it is, is maybe someone goes home and tries to recreate it and it just doesn't taste the same. So that's the point of that. It was just like that little. Okay. So of the two spices are speaking of, and I'm totally willing to keep this a secret. You're the only, literally besides like my, like two staff members, you're the only one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so, so of the two, I would just say one is lighter and one is darker in color. Sure. You know what I'm sure. talking about? The one that we added, we added basically to a mix of salt and a little bit of MSG. Mm-hmm. And it was the lighter of the two. Sure. And it creates 
in aroma and flavor and it's really persistent too like yeah, I, I was just working with it yeah and i still have that you have that the sensation yeah. just kind of follows you and it gives you that like a familiar like a, a familiar note on your palate and then you're like no no, no i love this because i'm used to this i'm familiar with it and so that was like the idea behind that's it. so bizarre because yeah. and again like i didn't put any of that together until well because like yeah. the way it was is like it's just a cheeseburger and everybody's like what's the big deal and my whole thing was like which you taste it and you're like, oh no, this is, this is good. I, not, not for it to be like, I wanted the best burger. It's like, I don't care about that. It was just like, I wanted you to enjoy it because you're getting a burger in a restaurant. I think the other thing was the size of the patty. Was there a reason? Cause it's just over what a half pound or something. Yeah. So again, I think value was a huge thing for us when we opened the restaurant I wanted people to come in and just like, once Suzanne and I kind of, when we had the full conversation about what we wanted to do with the place and my idea changed Instead of me in like a, a special occasion place, why not just be the place people just show up to once, twice, maybe three times a week? Because that makes more sense. And so value was kind of a big thing. And, I th and, and you know, people like to see a big dramatic kind of burger because you can, again, you can get it anywhere. And it was just like one of those things at the time. It didn't, it was like the last thought on a menu. This was like dramatic and it kind of made like its own present. That was what I was kind of shooting for. And the time too, I think is really relevant because... I would say in the last five or six years, burgers have like become a lot more kind of common in sure. all sorts of places. And there was kind of this period where it was like really chefy burgers to where you would read it and go, what the, yeah, what am I, I looking I at? Like, yeah, I don't know if I can eat. That. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I thought was kind of great about yours, yours was a chefy burger, but you didn't talk about it. Cause a lot of it came into like spices and things like that, that you just imparted in the patty. And then it was like, this is unique. I don't know why. And I really like it just being in your restaurant that it became incredibly popular. It was one of the most popular items. Was it at any point a curse? Oh yeah. I think once that sack B article came out, it was just like, all of a sudden it was like nothing else. And like the idea of as, as from a chef's perspective, because I think, you know, I was a lot younger then <laughs> from, a, uh, from that perspective, you're like, no, like there's so much else that I want to do experiment on people. And I think they'd like this more, but that wasn't the point. I think from now as a rest, you know, restaurateur, let's say that, or a business from a business aspect, it's like, Hey, there's people in the doors. They're happy. They're having a good time. And like, so what, this is just going to be what we do for the next week or two until it kind of, fizzles out but at the time i saw it as a curse for sure but now looking back to it it's like i think if it was something i should have probably embraced a lot more you know because now what's funny is like now since i've the restaurant's been closed for about three years i'd say mm -hmm. it's still like you know I, I haven't been out or done anything that people know about this our event space is kind of low-key and really specific to who it goes to but everyone still remembers you everybody still has this like great memory of the place and so like that really, really the whiskey burger, I could say, did that, like brought people into the door and made the place popular. And so it was a really cool thing to have. And it, it, now it makes a lot of sense. I, I really wish I hadn't looked at it the other way then. So, so uh, Suzanne was right. Always. <laughs> Every bad idea has been mine. <laughs> there's a story that I just kind of wanted to relate here. So just bear with me for a second. But when it was a couple of years ago and Anne had a friend that she worked with who I didn't know and they lived out of town. They were like 45 minutes away. We drove out there. It was a baby shower. And at the baby shower, the husband was in charge of cooking. And for whatever reason, he was called away late at night the night before and basically had to scramble to make this meal for, you know, 40 people coming to his house. And, and what he did was he went and he got, you know, the, the stack of the frozen burger patties, mm -hmm. right? I think it was like American cheese and then some buns and stuff and then, and then cooked everything 
90 minutes to two hours before anyone even showed up. And in fact, he cooked the burgers and they were cooked through, but he didn't, he put the cheese on afterwards. It didn't melt. It was just sitting there on top. (laughs) And to where when you get there, it's like the lettuce was the same temperature as the patty. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's a build your own burger (laughs) kind of situation. And I went through and made one and I sat down and I bit into it. And I'm like, you know, this is pretty good. Yeah. Any bad, like, what is it about burgers that is, you can have a bad burger, but it doesn't compare to like a bad steak. No, like, no, that's, you're a hundred percent right. What is it? Do you know? I think what it is, is like, I remember like my first, like my favorite burger ever was probably something that was like, I'm pretty sure microwaved, like in the school cafeteria with those weird grill marks, you know what I yeah. mean? That weren't, it wasn't grill, it was like a seasoning they put on for it to taste <laughs> that way. And like that really crappy sesame seed bun and cheap processed cheese. That was like one of the first where you're like, oh my God, my palate is excited. This is a happy time. This is great. Or it's like very, again, the sensation of like MSG and umami. It's that great. I, I already know this, whatever this is, whatever this is, I, I, I know what it is. I think that's what, it's just f- familiarity. It's just, you know it, you know, you grew up with it one way or another. And it's just, and it's like a happy time for some weird reason. I think again, it's just someone, everyone has that like time in their life that's something that, that, that was enjoyable or something fun that they looked forward to. So I think that's what that's what does it. And, and maybe why it was kind of the bane of your existence for a couple of years is that it would be the more affordable option on your menu. And again, I think it's just from a business stance, if you look at it, you have people in there and then you just get better at what you need to do for it to be, you know, say, yeah, it, it is the most affordable item on the menu. But so what? They're already there. There's something good that's already happened. And if, if it's good enough, they're going to come back. So you're already kind of like, you know, you're investing into something for the next time and the next time and the next time. And so to not because we covered what was inside the patty and things, but this is kind of the last thing. But I really believe that there's some importance to kind of structure and the amounts of certain ingredients sure. that are included. Right. So like sure. so sometimes you don't want one of those burgers where it's has something where you only get one bite of it and then it's gone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, things need to be evenly distributed. Can you just go over the, over, so there's, so we just call the patty, the patty. We know that the patty exists and there's only a few other elements, but what are those? So in the, in the patty, again, instead of like your typical, like egg or breadcrumb kind of binder, we went with heavy cream and the mushroom powder, the few other ingredients that we added to that, uh, cracked pepper, the ratio on that had to be perfect. And so the way we taught everybody how to do it is the way it was like, kind of like teaching pizza dough to somebody to where it should kind of stick to your hand a little bit, but not enough for it to leave a residue behind. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense if you know pizza dough, but um, it had to have a specific feel to it because when you cooked it, one, uh, one, when we formed the patty, we were really adamant about thickness and the way it looked. Only because I wanted to cook it like steaks because you're cooking it in a pan versus a grill or flat top or whatever. It was really important for that to happen. Would you baste it too? Yeah, we would baste it and uh. then we'd, uh, we'd hit it with the whiskey in the pan and that was kind of... Oh, part of the, okay. Yeah. So that was kind of like you're getting some of that like, you know, like barely kind of smell, you know, essence to it or whatever. So all of that was important. Those are huge things, especially on something that's so simple. You can technically spend a lot more time doing what you need to do for it to be good. So really when it comes out, it's like, oh, this is easy. It's just meat, cheese, and bun. But what we did to to get it there is the important part in the patty. And also temperatures. So to me, obviously, you know, I think you and I share the same things between rare and medium rare is where we need to be. And only because if you're going to do this great beef, if you're going to source this great product, you're not going to taste it if you've overcooked it and it's done. 
you know, it's that has one note to it and that's it. So that area for it to be in that area, we wanted to make the patty thick enough, which we did before, so that we can have some leeway when we cooked it. So for cheese to melt properly, if it's too thin of a patty, you're not going to get a medium rare, right? It's like, yeah, never. Yeah. Yeah. But for us, it was more for me, in my mind, like I wanted always medium rare because I wanted you to taste that beef. The outside char had already like what you did with, you know, like a seared uh, steak. And then the insides where you're kind of tasting everything. So that was kind of your uh, bread of choice. I know. So a lot of times when when you go mid rare and that burger comes out, like it's going to have it's going to be juicy. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. Was that bread choice? Ciabatta, Ciabatta is like one of we tried a bunch of stuff and Ciabatta bun kind of like. Once you grill it, just a slice, uh, toast it actually uh, slightly, it kind of get a chewiness to it, which is like perfect, especially when you're like putting, you know, a burger on, aioli on, lettuce on, and then you're going to put it in the pass and then you're waiting for a couple things to catch up. Server comes up and they take it. So by the time they take it out, you've gotten some moisture into the, the bun. And one of the things I remember hating is with eating burgers, especially in restaurants, is when you pick it up and your thumbs are touching the patty through the bun, Right worst thing you could possibly do. So I wanted something that would kind of like hold against all of what's going on. I want to thank you for coming here. Oh, my pleasure. Hope it was okay. I loved it. We're going to go cook some uh, burgers that I prepped. So they're going to be, I might've put too much of that secret ingredient in. We'll see. I think I'm going to have fun with it. All right. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. If you'd like to see some photos of the burgers or a semi-redacted recipe for the whiskey burger, Go to www.calcattlecouncil.org. If there's something you'd like to hear on stories from California cattle country, you can contact me directly at ryan at calcattleman.org or leave comments on our social media posts. Thanks for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs>